So there uh, you go. <laughs> Cannon. 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 In fact, I might need to dress up like him for Halloween. That mustache is looking pretty good. And my hairline's about matching his at this point. I cannot wait for you to do this and then uh, have then to explain to every single person you meet what your outfit is. You didn't dress up today, John? No, no. Uh, it's a show that apparently was, went for like five seasons and nobody remembers it was uh it was on around when manix was on do you remember yeah. manix oh do you, you don't <laughs> okay fair enough he's the toughest guy on crime <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that'll give it i'm sure that'll get it uh, over I mean, that'll be easy to understand for anyone you're showing yeah. your Yeah, every time. Watch you be... do it, and people are just like, whoa, shit, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking surprised would you be? Oh, I'd be in. I'd give that person 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. You. Damn. Everyone, come look. Finally, it's... someone has the Kojones to dress up as kids. Star Trek Saga Saga uh, Now everybody get your cling on Talking about Star Trek Having so much fun Hey, Hosted by Forrest and John This is Star Trek Saga Saga uh, So if you ready Hop inside the Enterprise Jayco let's go Going on a ride Live long and prosper Yeah that's right This is Star Trek Saga Saga Come on Star Trek Saga Saga What? What? What, so I'm supposed to follow that with an intro? <laughs> uh, well, uh, okay, fine. Uh, welcome, friends, to another stop on our uh, Star Trek saga, a new type of episode where we watch the best episodes of from each season of the, each and every Star Trek series in chronological order. Today, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 23 of Enterprise, titled Regeneration, a controversial episode at the time, as it retconned the Borg's first appearance to well before Jean-Luc Picard's time as captain. And yes, I know about the events of First Contact. Don't at me. I'm Forrest, and I'm joined, as always, by John. And, uh, John, are you ready to get ass eliminated wait that doesn't sound right is that how you say it that's how you say it right sure i'm i'm always ready to be assimilated <laughs> oh you know what it sounds like i got a couple letters mixed around thank you for correcting me sure no problem all right i'm just gonna write that in my notebook not ass eliminated <laughs> good yeah, not... to know it's important for the future yeah well, i mean you know there are some moments where you feel like an ass eliminating, but for the most yeah. part, yeah. Like I yeah. cannot. Mm-hmm. Eat. I I tried to say that, but it just came out correct. Uh, <laughs> You're saying that's how wrong it is. That was you, how wrong uh, it was. My my brain assimilated your ass eliminated, and then it just said assimilated. Your your brain's just like uh, no 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 no. It, it would not. let me. I was gonna go with you. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go ass eliminated. Let's do this. But that one, I actually have to think about. Assimilated just kind of just kind of comes on out. Well, yeah. yeah. 
Well, it sounds like uh, in terms of pronouncing things correctly, resistance is futile <laughs> for you, John. Uh, <laughs> do you get it? Yeah. Resistance is is futile because yeah. Borg, the Borger in this episode. Spoiler alert: the Borg are here, guys. The Borgs are here. When when your ratings are flagging, there's one thing that's certain: bring in the Borg. Yep. I don't know yeah. if that was the case already in season two. I think they probably saw the writing on the wall after one season. I mean, it's towards the end of their season, so I feel like that might have actually tracked. Yeah, because <clears throat> in terms of their larger mythology, this does like little to nothing to to move it forward. In fact, it, it actually spends a lot of its time referencing the aforementioned events of First Contact. Um in a funny, weird way. We'll talk about it when we actually start talking about it. Um, but before we start talking about it, oh. why not let us indulge ourselves in the mm. segment that everybody tunes into this podcast for? That's right. I do. It is logical to inquire what beverage you have ordered from the replicator. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. Flea licks? I don't know. That's right. It's flea licks. It's flea licks. Enterprise's stalwart butler, flea licks. Not a lot of. Not, not a lot, lot of, of uh, episodes where they, uh, yeah, not a lot of uh, screen time for Fleelix, but people kind of say it's maybe too close to Neelix, but I don't know. If you see Fleelix, you get the difference. Yeah, I mean, they look almost identical. I think just, just <laughs> one has the a same little... same makeup, it's true. Same makeup, it just has a curly Q mustache. It's the only difference. That's right. Hello, sir. I am Fleelix. <laughs> No relation. Well, Felix, I um after Felix to you. Oh yeah, that's right, Felix. Damn it, I named you. (laughs) You think I would remember it? But I've been asked. Oh, the indignity. (laughs) So so, that's correct. I'm so sorry, sir, about your assimilation. But please, (laughs) if you would tell me what beverage you are drinking this evening i couldn't um record it in the log let's just say that sounds flavorful from a fiction perspective fair enough fair enough um so after the like i don't know the three strikeouts with Uh all the boozes i've had i decided to make myself something so i am having a uh tequila a little splash of lime and some tonic water that sound a tequila and tonic is a great choice. Yeah, it's a Salento brand, whatever tequila blanco. It comes in a very nice glass bottle, and I even I dusted off the sphere ice mold, so I'd have a cold drink. So oh, that's hello! I so that's I did it up. As heck. Okay. Well, look, I'm not you know filthy rich like you and your ice machine. Well, but, not everyone can be. It's okay. 
Yeah, it's all right. I'm I'm getting I'm getting over that shortcoming. But uh, one 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 go. Let's let's give it a go. That's oh, very nice. Ah, uh, nice. hell, hello! Yeah, finally, finally you've done it. That's right. That's a uh, that's a hit right on target. That's right. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh wow, that's a lot of reverb on the old photon torpedo yep. um but uh that sounds like a direct hit uh to the aft uh nacelles <laughs> and uh terrific fantastic um uh as for me i am enjoying a dirty martini with uh gin from trader joe's vermouth and uh olive brine course and then a bunch of olives because i'm just a sucker for olives so here's to you enterprise here's to you Felix. <laughs> hey, you, <sir. laughs> oh, terribly nice of you sir but you know i'm deathly allergic to alcohol one drop gets on me and it's curtains for all fle- oh my god oh shit oh <laughs> Well, maybe that's the last we've heard from Fleelix. R.I.P. Fleelix, uh, short-lived character, but the contract negotiations did not work out, and so written off the show. <laughs> that's it. That's it. He's turned into one of the, not necessarily called the Borg, but he's turned into one of the Borgs. Yeah, one it's the, the Bjorg. Bjorg, yeah. Yep. It's they're weird because you have to put them together with hex keys. But that's right. That's you do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird because they assi- they assimilate you, but you have to put them together first. It's, it's strange that anyone ever does it, yep. um, but I do get like you get something and someone asks you to do something for them, and you feel out of a sense of obligation that you got to do. Well, honestly, you can't gotta... beat the deal. You know what I mean? Like they're reasonably priced. Yours right. are reasonably priced. Like yeah, it's... the showroom is actually fun to walk around in, and they have great space balls. Yeah, very <laughs> flavorful space balls. Yeah, very flavorful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how? Uh, yeah, and they got schnitzel, and they got, oh. I mean, spa- Romulan schnitzel, and they got uh, Andorian lingonberry sauce. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you just put the, whatever the first word is, the yep. second word can be something that's completely tearing. Of course, yeah. It's like uh, like when Odo's like, I could teach you how to turn into a Tarkalian hawk quark. Exactly. You look like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. All right, are you okay? Oh, no, you sound kind of hoarse. What's going on? <laughs> that is, in fact, the thing I was thinking about when you were talking about it. I was like, then he was like, I could turn into a Tranchadorian falcon. Yep. <laughs> or whatever, what bird? But I just remember that. I was like, why don't you just, it's just a bird. Like, you don't have to call it a falcon that won't do much to it yeah i mean i guess that they're worried that the audience won't understand that it's something that's supposed to fly but but you I'm see telling the you, fucking it, flyer it's a that's look true, like yeah. a bird you just go oh it's a bird the trashadorian thing flies yeah the end uh, very odo true putting odin odo talking down to me that's what that was yeah well i mean he does he does like to he Odo does uh, like having the upper hand in most situations. So, yeah, he would just be like, it's a bird. Okay, John, it's a bird. Do you get it? It can fly around. It's a bird, John. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, okay, I've got nothing else Uh-oh. better to do with my day, John. It's a bird. I get it. I get it. Okay, Odo. All okay. right, I'm going to go turn into a puddle now. Just to remember it's a bird that I'll be turning into later, John. I'll be soaring through the skies <laughs> as a Tarkalian blank. Right? You get it? Well, what is that? Is that a... Is, is, is that a... Is that a God a cat? damn it, John. It's a bird. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. We established this. Maybe you I, should put like a bird on the end of it. So you're like a trashadarian, like hawk or falcon or owl. I thought that's what we were trying so, to move away from, John. Well, you know, I thought I'd get it. But then when you just said it and you said blank, I was like, what, what is it? It could be anything. I totally forgot that the, you were turning into a bird. Let's let's reapply that on the back end of it. Listen, Thanks. John, you know I only change into three things. Uh, an amorphous blob. Yep. Uh, a Tarkalian blank. You know it's a bird now. It's been established. And That's sometimes right. a rat. What, just whatever we have on the lot. That's what I can turn into. <laughs> There's a lot made of how I am a, I could change into anything, John, and I rarely do. It's frustrating for the viewer sometimes. They're like, why does an Odo just turn into a key? Like, get out of here. And I just never do. Never think about it. <laughs> I'm not a very I mean, good changeling, John. I mean, I've been a- meaning to ask about that. Um... Yes, yes, I appreciate you being polite, but also, damn you. (laughs) (laughs) Quark! Okay, (laughs) it's it's actually hurting my voice to do, but uh, there you go. It is a very impressive Rene Aberdron. Yes, Uh, R.I.P., rest in power, you magnificent person. Yeah, that Uh, that sounded really good. I was like, Thank oh. you very much. Yeah, very <laughs> impressive. Right. Very impressive. Like, we'll, we'll give you a voice, the respite, because he's not even on this show. So, mm. yeah. how I wish that he was. <laughs> it make the show about ten points better. But to, to, to be fair, this this episode is uh, it's a thing. Hey, and, uh, I'm gonna just say it right off the the jump. This episode's actually pretty good. I think this episode's actually. Uh, you know, I thought the last episode was pretty good too. I think this one's pretty good. It seemed they seem to be hitting their stride in this episode, and I don't know. And again, for the viewers out there, uh, or the listeners, I should say, if you want to check it out for yourself, pause the episode right now, or not right now. <laughs> Let me tell you the episode first, and then you can pause the this episode of the podcast. But you could watch it's season two, episode twenty three. It's called Regeneration. It's on. Paramount Plus, that's probably the best way to find it these days. Or if you got the box set, uh, I mean, you're yeah. probably not listening to this. <laughs> Let's just yeah. be honest, after the last couple episodes, I don't know why you'd still be tuning in. Uh, except out of morbid curiosity. But uh, that's the one to go see. And um, as I alluded to in the intro, when this came out, this was very controversial. Especially, especially with people who remembered... TNG and the Borg showing up. Yeah, no, I, it, it, this, so this show overall, it wasn't like I sat and watched all four seasons. I kind of tapped out and would check in every once in a while. I never saw this episode. Yeah. Probably re- smart because the way that this show ended, even if you were a fan, you can't have been, especially if you were a fan, you can't have been happy. Uh, and if you weren't a fan, it was a big eye roll of a, a ending too. So, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I watched normally with Star Trek series, what happens is I will watch like the first episode. And if I don't really like it, I check in every once in a while, but I'll watch the last episode. And uh, this show was no different. So I remember, you know, Riker going like, hey, it's me, Riker. <laughs> Yeah, this this took place uh, a long time ago. Uh, uh, whatever, man. Anyway, this is crazy holodeck program. I've been doing this for like I don't know, like a couple of days. <laughs> I wanted to see how not to be a captain like Archer, and then that yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, Archie. Oh, mm. my sweet, sweet Archie. Um. You were saying you watched the the first and the and the last of no, the episodes, but I did not see this episode. So, watching it uh, the other day, I was going, "Whoa, the Borg!" Yeah, this... it's a bit of a shock. They do not bring it up again in this show. I do not think. Yeah, I mean, the Borg. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a it's a choice. It's certainly a choice. Like the. The one of the reasons it was controversial, and if you were aware of Star Trek at the time, surely you remember this, is because it does retcon a lot about what we understand of the first contact with the Borg from the next generation. Um, and of course, that first contact comes when um, the Enterprise is hurled across the galaxy by Q. Um, and they do spend some time in this episode sort of trying to justify the fact that it happened and make it make sense within the larger context of the canon. Um, but um, it doesn't really work. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, anyway, uh, it does not really... It You have to really suspend your disbelief and take several leaps of logic to make this work in the overall context of the... Uh, the, the Star Trek universe um, because they make it fairly clear that when they run into the Borg for the first time, they have no idea what they're facing. And I think that that fear of the unknown is part of what makes them such an effective enemy. However, sure. there is so much contact and data from this encounter with the Enterprise and also the what happens yep. on the Arctic Research Station that you would think, and the fact that they find out, <laughs> they literally find out that... Uh, spoiler alert, at the end of the episode, they find out that the Borg have transmitted star coordinates to Earth. Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, oh, geez, what'll it take them about 200 years to get here? Why, the 24th <laughs> century? I wonder what would happen in that time frame. No one could possibly know anyway. So, like, they literally, they had a ticking clock. You think that every single Starfleet class would start with, here's a weird fucking thing that happened. Yep. Back in the day with Archer, um, they're going to come back at some time, it seems like. Uh, or you're going to encounter them at some point. Yeah, here's a bunch of pictures of them. We figured out that their ship was a perfect sphere. So this was the... Like the I little guess. ship that shoots out of the big... If I remember first contact, they had the giant Borg like super cube, and then it yeah. would shoot the spheres out. That's right. And so this is so this episode is saying that this is the one of the spheres that crashed into the Arctic, I guess. Yeah, I mean I thought it was blown up in space. Um, I mean it could be. I to be fair, for I have not watched First Contact in a long time either, so but um yeah, totally blown up in space or 
crash landed, but they ended up in the Arctic, so that's how they got there. That was that seemed yes. to be the um, Exactly, yes. Uh, so I think in that in that regard, um, it, it's definitely uh, doesn't work, I think, in that regard. But I think I agree with you. As an episode overall, it's actually one of the better ones I've seen so far. Um, like it probably would have been better if it wasn't the Borg, only in a sense. I agree. Because I agree. it because to your to your point, it makes no sense that they would just be like, like Archer's like, and we'll never talk of it again. When this would be like, oh no, these things are fucking crazy. We shot them. They had force fields. They could assimilate our tech. They could infect. They would have. We would have started the uh, Borg illusion. You know, like <laughs> trying wow. to fight the Borg. 200 years prior to meeting them at that point because that's right. how terrifying these i don't know i think what ends up to be about 10 borg are truly <laughs> yeah and, but this is this is i i can see where this is really controversial because it's like no i i was like yeah didn't like q or someone just knock them off course and they ran into the borg and that's how mm -hmm. they kind of got introduced and that was the very first time but nope because they know so much. Like, they know that they have a hive mind. That they, they know that, or at least be, based on Dr. Flox's experience, they know they have a hive mind. They know that uh, they have shields that adapt to, to phasers. When it's clear when the Next Generation crew meets them the first time, they have none of this knowledge. So that I think that the fact that that knowledge doesn't get passed on is is bonkers. Because we're not talking about, like, a this is the beginning of Starfleet. It's impossible to imagine that this sort of how big of a threat this was obviously uh meant to be and they thought an invasion was coming there wouldn't be some sort of information or contingencies even if it's not taught in starfleet at least the information yeah. would be given out to the the captains of the fleet to have just in case yeah there's no case. yeah there's no way there's no way like if this was a pre-starfleet society like you know, they talk about before everyone started getting on board and Starfleet was the way they go. And the Borg showed up and this was like a proto group. I could kind of see that maybe not not existing past, um, you know, Starfleet's inception. But like in this instance, no, they, they recorded, they censored, they get it. And for a show or series, just in general, like any sort of Star Trek series, this type of uh, drop logic doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I, I like first contact was a, a pretty big financial success, so I get why they would want to. But man, does it not seem worth it? It's a good again a good episode though of the show, but I feel like you could probably do this. You wouldn't be able to do it exactly the same, but there you could do something interesting with a non-referential species. Um, but they didn't. We got this instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode opens like all good spooky episodes uh, open in the Arctic. Just kidding. Not very few episodes of Star Trek take place in the Arctic. Uh, but, uh, you know, plenty of fun stuff like The Thing has established an Arctic research base at a place where scary shenanigans are about to take place. Um and we meet a, the, a team of three researchers who just happened to stumble upon this gigantic field of Borg debris. Some of it start towering stories and stories tall. Makes you really think 
wonder how they they it took them a hundred years to to uh, discover this stuff. Yeah, especially when at this point warp was a thing. They have people in space. They can yeah. just go check the North Pole easy peasy pumpkin pie. Yeah, no, this this doesn't track. Other than, oh, we'll just leave it up there because it's not worth us cleaning up, I guess, is maybe yeah. the, the one possible excuse. Or they were just like, hey, you know what? Arctic, done and dusted. We know it's a bunch of ice. Snooze time. We'll never go up there again. <laughs> and then they're like, wait a second. Whoa. Uh... It is funny, this entire episode, again, very good. I actually like uh, this group of actors who play the uh, researchers. Yeah. I found their performances to all be supernaturalistic. and Not supernaturalistic. <laughs> that sounds like it's supernatural. No, no, no. Naturalistic and, and good. Um, and uh, But it is funny how nonchalantly they, they take this discovery. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I guess if I found a a frozen body in the Arctic eventually, and it had like some metal parts jabbed into it, I'd probably be a little bit more expressive than yeah, they I, were. Yeah, I would be like, "Wait, what the heck? This has been on Earth for how long? Wow, 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 wow!" <laughs> that would just be five, five, ten, maybe fifteen minutes of that. You think that would make a good episode of Star Trek? Sure. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, why not? Um, I wouldn't. But, uh, of course, like, they find these... What's always great about these kind of things is, like, there's always a scene where a character wipes away snow from the ice. Yeah. And whatever they're looking for is, like, buried, like, three inches down through crystal clear ice. <laughs> like, it's just waiting for them to just kind of lightly shove this powder off. And, indeed, that's what we see here. Uh, they had, actually, a similar episode of Voyager where they, it's not in the Arctic, but they find uh, Voyager sort of trapped under a sheet of ice. They have the exact same thing, where they just wipe off some ice and it just says Voyager right there, or wipe off some snow from the ice. Uh, it's just a fun trope, I think. Um, but there's a Borg in there, and they're like, the researchers that find the Borg are just like, whoa! hey <laughs> Well, I mean, the first one under ice, then the other one was just like, no, nah, his boots are right here. He's this right here. This is the guy just hanging out. Jesus. I, I really I really have to give it up to this actor. This The the actor, or the other actor who is who's wiping the snow away from this Borg actor's face uh, is just like very aggressively wiping it off there. I was like, wow, I would, I would be making all sorts of faces. I couldn't help myself, I think. But this person is playing a very good corpse. Uh, you know, but I mean, consummate professionals. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some pretty funny CGI. It's, it's appropriate for the time. I'm not saying it was bad for the time, but there is some funny CGI where they like kind of show wide shots and like they, the, uh, the people who are exploring the surface of the Arctic are, look like little Gumby people. <laughs> they turn it, they got some weird, some fun waiting on their joints and stuff. Uh, I thought it was leg. weird when one of them kicked one leg up and just started sliding around a little bit. Yeah, and then they just phased <laughs> through a wall. You yeah. think with that power, they would have had no problem with these uh, Borgos, but just like every good Arctic, we found something frozen in the Arctic, the first thing they do is take it back to the lab, let it thaw out. Thaw out. Yep. That tracks. That's exactly what I would do. Just kidding. 
Yep. You hear a little buzzing, a little whirring. Uh, you're like, hey, you know, the guy, I like how one character's like, hey, we shouldn't do this. And uh, like the, the leader of the research team is just like, hey, we have no reason to think that they are uh, aggressive. So many times this episode, I could feel the script winking at me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. wink, wink. You know what's going to happen, but they don't. Ooh, they're wrong. Ooh, they're so wrong. They're all going to die. They they're are. all going to die. Or suffer a fate truly worse than death. Yeah, I mean, well, they had both, right? <laughs> yeah, they were fine. They got them both. Man, they got they got borged. They got ass eliminated, and then they sure did. Uh, Is it wrong that I thought this episode was just going to focus on these people for the full episode, and we weren't going to get any Enterprise people? And I was like, "Ooh, this will be cool." Finally, well, an episode do you with think? Archer. Well. Do you think that's one of this episode's strong suits? Is they yes. do spend a fair amount of time with people other than the main cast, I think. Um, yeah, in a way that I think really works for this episode in a way, in a very positive fashion. Oh, yeah. No, I think this is one of its... I think this is why it's probably one of the better episodes. I I, I mean, my note was, this is a good episode, all things considered. Yeah. Um, and A I lot think of people that... get stuff to do, too. Yeah, you. We got to see some, you know. We yeah, we got to see some extra, you know, some extra stuff from uh, Lieutenant Reed. Finally, so, you know, so far he hasn't been any of the top episodes, I guess, until this one. We got to see that. Uh, we got to see Trip do some things, uh, do some engineering things. Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone's kind of doing their kind of doing their thing. A flocks episode. Really? Yeah, flocks. Like, this is this episode is incredibly strong for flo- uh, flocks. We get some incredible acting and gravitas out yeah, of flocks. Jo- this episode. Yeah, John Billingsley is always. He, he's probably one of my highlights. Him and Jolene uh, Baylock are like probably my two favorite actors so far in this in in this series. Oh yeah, as we've it's kind of cr- gone through them. This episode, it really shows, like, they don't give Archer any time to be, like, crappy to to Paul. Mm-hmm. They don't give, like, Archer and Trip any time to, like, bro out about being crappy to, to Paul, which we've seen a lot from the previous episodes. Um, they were just, like, you know, the, they treated the presence of the Borg very seriously. And the result is, like, an episode that has, like, some suspenseful parts but is mostly just a straight ahead drama um and i think it were it shows the kind of the range of all these actors and it shows how well they can work together i think they really maybe it just was the case by this point in season two but i was really impressed by how like lived in every all the relationships felt and how everyone had like their own little thing to do and it was they were working together and like there was no hemming and hawing or just like complaining about stuff. They just like uh, they just very efficiently executed all the stuff in this this episode, uh, and I thought that was really successful. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's I enjoyed it because Archer couldn't arch it up. Yep, like there was enough time for him to really. And he actually was. He had a couple of moments of like true compassion, like when he is he's not giving up on flocks, mm-hmm. and when he is just talking talking to him especially in that scene before you know while 
Flox is telling him that, like, oh, you know, I've developed this neurotoxin that you need to use on me because he was infected by the nano, uh, the, the, um, uh, jeez. They're not nano. Oh, they are, right? They're like little Borg nanites or whatever. Nanites, that's it. They don't call them nanobots. I was stuck on the word nanobot. Ah. Yeah, no, I got you nanites. Nanites, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a funny part where... Um, if you know about the Borg, you know that there's those injector, those little injector uh, tubules that come out are indeed called tubule, tubules. And there is a part where uh, Dr. Flox is just like, he got me with some sort of, I don't know, a tubule? <laughs> <laughs> Again, like the script is like, you know it's called tubule, but they just came up with that on the fly. That's crazy, right? Anyway, back to the show. Don't worry, they're going to come up again with it in 200 years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Archer and, and the gang are sent to, uh, they're, they are very, they have a very good question. They're like, we're a long way from the Arctic. What could we possibly do to assist in this situation? Um, and it turns out they're being dispatched to intercept the shuttle because the Earth shuttle, uh, uh, the Earth base shuttle, I should say, has been commandeered by the Borg and now. They're, uh, they've got warp technology somehow, and they're they're out there warping around, and so the Enterprise has to intercept them and see what's going on. Um, and uh, I think in the process of going to help them out, they receive a distress call from a, a freighter, a Tarkalian thre- th- freighter. Th- yep. Freighter, yeah. I think yep, it's yep. Tarkalian. Yep, yep. Um, and... Uh, they uh, arrive on the scene and discover that not just the engines have been upgraded. No, they've got uh, one of those Borg cutting beams, uh, and they are indeed slicing pieces off this freighter. Um, I, I assume uh, to to create for they just need the raw materials to create all this cool Borgified technology. Yeah, I mean there was talk about you know they've increased you know in mass like 12% and every time they kind of ran into them, there's more and more upgrades that were kind of happening. I'm kind of, su- I'm kind of surprised by that in essence that you're still kind of locked into the, the tech of the time. Like, so I don't know, like even how advanced nanites could make that tech, if that makes oh, sense. Oh yeah. They can borg- borgify things very fast and they can, their technology is far ahead of, uh, of Earth's uh, or anything, any of the things in the Alpha Quadrant at this time. They, of course, come from deep in the Delta Quadrant. I mean, you'd know better than I do. Every time I see the Borg, I usually just roll my head, roll my eyes, <laughs> roll wow. everything. I roll wow, the fuck how, out the room. That's how much your eyes roll. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, the Borg later. Whoop. Yeah. yeah, great. Just, you're not a, so you're not a Borg fan. Yeah. They, the Borg to me are kind of like Wolverine to the X Men, just like. It, it, this will be a weird allegory and doesn't make any sense. And please hop on the Discord to argue with me about it. But like, they're they're too cool, and used sparingly, I think they'd be all right. But the fact that they're like used constantly. And, I'm, and every time I see the Borg, I'm like, well, the Borg have won. Like, I don't see how you're going to get out of this scenario. Like, even in this episode, I'm like, wait, the Borgs have their uh, their death lasers already? How's this Enterprise without any shields 
because they just have their polarized hole, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know what that is. They put a giant sun shield on the outside or something. I don't really know what a polarized hole is, but they got this polarized hole and this beam's hitting it. And I'm like, oh, that thing should have cut right through, blew up the Enterprise, bore 23 skidoo. So, like, did they you, just see. Did just you miss see. that scene? The scene where they polarized the hull plating and then two giant ray bands just like slowly lowered onto the front of the Enterprise where it was while it was playing that bow bow chicka Oh yeah. <laughs> I did, I did. I uh, I was yawning from the fact I was like, Oh, the Borg again. The Borg nanigans. Yeah. <sighs> but I mean I'm not the I mean I agree. I agree. I, I agree that that the the Borg were uh, played out by this point. They had used them heavily on Voyager to great effect, of course, um, uh, or at least a lot of the time. But I think you're absolutely right. They, the less you know about the Borg, the more scary they are. Or they are, and they kind of like they saw how popular they were and really overplayed them. Uh, you know from. You know, TNG to Voyager to the movies. And then, uh, um, I mean, till now, I mean, appearance where it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. There's someone's like, Hey, by the way, we're going to put them in here because I, and I, I, I feel your instinct of going maybe credit slump. And they're like, well, let's just throw the Borg in there. Feels right to me. It's towards the end of the season. You get a spike and say, "Hey, look, our numbers are looking pretty good. Let's get our let's make sure we secure that third season type of thing." It it, it does kind of have that um, feeling to it. Just because I I'm, wouldn't think that at all if it hadn't like if it had added anything interesting to the Borg's backstory. But they the the way the backflips they do to try to make this make sense in the larger canon makes me think it must have been. A ratings play uh although i haven't researched and seen if that's the case it's just an assumption i might be wrong yeah i think it's a i i feel like it's a safe assumption with this because the borg are like that that's why i kind of mean like they're like wolverine you know it's whenever your sales are slumping just throw wolverine in it and then that that comic's gonna spike yeah or you know and it just it's the the borg are the same thing at this point like even the fact that voyager was in a whole new quadrant the delta quadrant and in, in theory, in the Borg's, like, home. Yeah, the backyard. In the backyard. They were there. You know, their, their soccer ball, the Voyager soccer ball went over there. <laughs> and they're dealing with all this stuff. That's fine. But, like, it was just like, come on. Can can I get, uh, like, a like five non-Borg episodes in a row? Let's, let's, let's give that a try. Or could I get the thing where, what was the alien thing on Voyager that would hunt Borgs? Oh yeah, was it like uh, specimen something something it's something species species uh, yeah. species eight four seven two is it species eight four seven two was I right? Da-na-na-na-na-na. Yeah, I was. Uh, anyway, uh, species Nerd. eight four seven two was the, uh, the they live in fluidic space. They were trying to kill the Borg, and Janeway made a deal with the Borg to get them instead because they she felt like they were a bigger threat. I mean, you know, I mean, think about that. They had the great something technically scarier than the Borg that weren't and scarier. They, guess what? They weren't. Yeah, they looked like a weird. They looked like the those those weird bug aliens from X Men. Speaking of Wolverine, yeah, the Brood. 
The brood, of course. They, they gave us some brood action, and I wasn't looking for it. And, no, and really wasn't there. Oh Lord, no. And then with this, it's just like the same thing. Like seeing the boar, you're like, oh okay. But and to your point, I'd like them to continue it. But since these are just like some first contact Borgs anyway, just kind of like, eh. eh. And to your point, I mean, you know, granted, this these were. Borg that had been frozen in the ice for a hundred years, so they might not have all the the latest firmware. Um, and also, they were they had a makeshift ship that they were they had been upgrading on the fly. Granted, but even with those handicaps, it's amazing how well the Enterprise fares, uh, especially in its current sort of uh, more prototypical or at least uh, primitive um, state from a technological standpoint at at the very least. Um, It's incredible how well it fares in every one of their encounters because they have a couple of encounters. The enterprise is damaged certainly, but nothing that is nothing that's ever seems like it rises to the point of being all that serious. Um, And uh, they figure out how to destroy the Borg pretty quick. They figure out, after like one encounter, how to to uh, change their phasers so at least they work for a little while. But that's the thing, aren't these like these are phase pistols, right? They're not like true phasers. I I for some strange reason I remember I thought they shot just like little phaser like nuggets at people. I didn't remember. <laughs> I didn't remember them shooting beams out of them. I remember them. Yeah, like it more might like have started pew, out pew. more of a more of a pew pew action, and now it's more of a pew action. And then, yeah, the fact that they just figured out, oh, yeah, these things fucking adapt. Let's just crank these things up to 11, and this will work. And then you just like, see, this is exactly the type of shit that Starfleet would want to know in the future. Because oh, yeah. That would have been put in every phaser from here on out. If you ever run into any species that is that is, seems very aggressive and is trying to uh, eliminate you... And you uh, just be warned. We did. We've run into them before, and they have. Ro- they they can adapt to your weapons. So make sure you get those on a rotating sh- uh, frequency. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, that would be. It, it makes it silly to 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 watch the Enterprise later when they encounter them and then be just totally lost as to what to do. Um. Because even in this episode, they are like. <laughs> They're they're dumbfounded by what they have encountered. They they don't know what it could possibly be. They've never seen anything like it. Archer mm-hmm. sees it. Thirty minutes later, it seems like he is in his quarters and he's like, "God, there's something about those crazy aliens that just rub me the wrong way." And so I, then I remembered Zephram Cochran talking about uh, the, the, what really happened in first contact, and then they just basically. They're like, oh yeah, he said that. Uh, oh, there was these cybernetic organisms, and people from the future came back and helped us. And it was like that was public knowledge. <laughs> he just came out of Front Street with that. Uh, and then the fact that Archer remembered that and was able to recall it, and he's like, that that must be them. That must be the ones he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bit of a stretch. It's right. a bit of a stretch for me. I mean, I get it. Like, this is them trying to do their best to connect it, but not. I feel like this is their best trying to connect it while not ruining any sort of continuity. But in the end, they technically ruin continuity. So Absolutely. But, yeah. okay, now think about it. this, though. Now, yeah, granted, right. 
the people from the Enterprise would not have learned about this other Zephram Cochran thing that, that he had said because in their timeline, that whole board going back thing hadn't happened yet. Except it has to. Predestination paradox dictates that it has to all have always happened. So mm-hmm. why didn't also why didn't Picard also say, Ah, geez, you know, I was thinking about it and I remember Zephram Cochran said some weird shit about this exact fucking thing. And you know like Cochrane at even at that point is going to be like a whole you might do a whole semester, if not a whole year on probably yeah. studying that person and yeah so you're you're reading you're reviewing his speeches and even if someone was going like oh it was kind of questionable about uh you know he, he was started drunk going, all the time yeah he's going crazy talking about uh, robots and you know other people but maybe that was us or you know whatever it might have been yeah totally it's one of those things where it makes you just go uh yeah they they would know this they they would know this and that was uh, to me that was the biggest uh, uh, distraction in this whole episode yeah it was just it created unwelcome questions that are like the answers to them are always annoying because like you have to then they have to be like okay well the federation forgot to tell people okay cool that sucks uh Jean-Luc Picard did not read Zephyrin Cochran's uh, speeches. Okay, great. Also like, sucks. <laughs> like this is, It's like, wait a second. Zephyrin Cochran also said people from the future came back to help him defeat these, these, these cybernetic organisms. There was a bald guy, and there was a guy with a beard, and there was a guy with, who was blind but could see. Wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> And one of them was a robot, who I think at some point had a patchwork face. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And one of them had was a robot who got who got got it busy with the Borg Queen. Anyway, that sounded a lot like you guys. I know the future now, so let's change it. I mean, shit, man. That's the problem with this time travel stuff. Like time traveling, especially in the Star Trek universe. Oh yeah. It's, More messy. it's a messy business. I mean, it's super messy, but it's also just one of those things like you just. Everyone is so enthralled with the uh, the lore here, you know, like any fandom that like this type of thing is huge, right? Like, I mean, think about when Discovery first came out and the cling and they're like Discovery takes place in the, you know, in the. Kirk timeline, right? They're yep. like the original series. That's when it Prior takes to. place. Prior to, but that timeline. They are very adamant about that. And then the first things we see are the Klingons don't look nothing like the Klingons back in the day. You go, what happened though? <laughs> yeah. Why, why yeah, is the, it the case? Yeah, why don't they just look like racist caricatures? <laughs> that's what yeah, we, that's what we want. Yeah, or, you know, go with the... the you know, uh, looking for the whales, Klingons. Those are fine, too. Yeah, the, 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 that was a weird choice. But Brian Fuller has a very a very specific and and, and um, keen aesthetic sense. And he likes look, to look I'm not way. I'm not knocking trying to put your own stank on something. But when it's kind of like this and you you establish specific timelines and expectations... And then you're trying to subvert it a little bit by 
changing it up a little bit, but also kind of like, eh, well, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Though it's huge because there are implications that this has that you could have completely avoided by either not doing the Borg or, you know, like in the ensuing battle with the Borg, all their data that is just stored on the ship was wrecked, right? Like none of this yeah. stuff existed. It's all secondhand accounts. None of the uh, future or to be captains in Starfleet read anything about Archer because they know how terrible of a captain he is. So they just skip over him completely, whatever they want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like something to try to explain why this, this doesn't exist, but it's obviously from this show that they don't like really, really care about any of that. Just kind of do their own thing. Certainly. I, you know, and it's just like, again, it's a good episode. It, I know we're, we're, we're harping on this one fact, but it is a major fact, but it's a good episode and could have been great without the Borg or it could have been prototype Borg. Yeah. Been, I mean, been... I think to your point and what is so frustrating about this episode is that it is really good and it could have been good without this big question that it creates. And I think that, that the question that it creates is, it, I don't think it's worth even this, the quality of the episode that we get. It just isn't like you could have, it could have been different. And I think I would have liked it better. Here's my plus up. Here's my, here is my rewrite for you. Um, Instead of going back to the enterprise, you go back to the enterprise crew at the very end. And instead you have the entire episode about aliens. Like maybe it's the Andorians. Maybe it's the Vulcan, someone else besides people on Earth, and they encounter the Borg, and it's completely contained. It's on a remote research station. They have all sorts of adventures. They eventually prevail, and like maybe the Enterprise arrives just as these people are making this grand sacrifice and blowing them up, and the Enterprise is just like, they're left to be like, what was that? Strange. And then you as the viewer are like, oh, if they had only got there like, you know, an hour earlier, they then this whole situation with the Borg never would have happened. Uh, but because they just missed it, uh, it will remain a mystery until TNG. Then I think you have a better... That's a good way to do a Borg episode, but not have it be so problematic in terms of the continuity. I mean, that works. I mean, I guess, it, you know, in hindsight with this, it doesn't really matter because there's no real follow-up series to this anyway. So well, like everything else that comes after is the follow-up series chronologically right. chronologically. Yes. But I guess in terms of, you know, being worried about that, again, that implication, it doesn't matter. I like the idea of being Andorans or anyone else, even talking rumors of like this extremely scary, you know, threat deep, like deep, deep, deep in the, you know, like, a quadrant that we've never even come close to, mm-hmm. you know, it's so yeah. damn far away. I like the, I, I mean, I like the idea of that, like hearing, like uh, at least establishing the space boogeyman and having this be some sort of thing or there's some big battle. And maybe this is one where you kill off trip or something, you know, like a couple of them <laughs> are open to get blown up. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but trip does die. Oh man, well, I'm trying to watch this. When does he die? Does he die uh, next episode? <laughs> no, I think it's like the finale. Uh, one of the other problems people have with the finale is that Trip 
trips on a rake and falls at an airlock. <laughs> it's a really ignoble end for a character that a lot of people ended up liking. He's just like, oh, hey, Captain, where you st- hey, have you seen where you put that rake? <laughs> you got sucked out of airlock, too? Yeah, it was really bad. Tell the captain I hate space turtles. <laughs> we didn't cover that episode, but there is an episode where he's complaining about having to talk about space toilets to a bunch of a class of uh, like school kids. Finally. Now the show's getting on board. That's right. I, I will say I liked when they ejected the... Um, when he like spaced the two Borgs. Yeah, that was cool. I, I was like, yeah. Because uh, I was watching with Tanya. I was like, that's exactly what I'd have done. I didn't even got thought it. twice. You got Vacu- it. Although they, yeah. they can be fine in space. Well, I, well, see, what you missed is if this is John's Enterprise, first they get spaced, and then I turn the Enterprise around, and I go, pew, 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 until they blow up, <laughs> because I'm not taking any chances. Yeah, I get them right close to the thrusters. I just put them off a little blast. <laughs> just vaporize yeah. them. Yeah, I'd hit full warp. You know, yeah. Or tractor beam them, let's warp them and streak them across the galaxy. Much <laughs> rather. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, to be fair, if it was like Michael Myers or Jason, I'd have done the same damn thing just to you, make sure. You gotta. You yeah, gotta. yeah, yeah. Kill shot on them, especially. But uh, yeah, I mean, this episode was an it it, it was interesting episode. Um. I forgot they had their uh, laser rifles as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah they got laser it. rifles. Looking cool. Yeah, I mean, nerf or nothing, I guess. Uh, hey. Hey, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And what are you going to do? And we got different ships outside of the Enterprise, the weird little shuttle with wings. We got the... the yeah. It, looked, it reminded me very much of the alien uh, dropship. Uh, at least from the side, which was I thought was fun. I was like, I wonder if that's intentional because this is kind of like a, kind of like a aliens type a episode, a little bit. The Borg have that vibe, um, and uh, yeah, and like we like we I said before, great acting by Flox, that are just great Flox episode, mm-hmm. uh, just just given a thousand percent every single scene um and i i, mean, I don't know i had like their relationship and their interactions I, archer and flocks i should i should say were just so authentic um and meaningful this time around i thought it was just fantastic yeah and kind of to your point about archer because he didn't have a lot of time to archer himself yep. um yeah he this, this is the first this is the first episode we've watched of Enterprise where I kind of felt like he was the captain. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot. There was a lot of like pensive staring to credit, you know, to commercial break. And, um, you know, he didn't like fly off the handle or make impulsive decisions. He was very measured and he, you know, he beat the board before anyone did. That's true. And I mean, look, he, and he wanted the rescue those people he wanted to make sure that they you know that if he could rescue them that he'd give it the chance to until there was no other option right where T'Pol was just like yeah we might need to kill these uh these things like 
I don't think there's really anything worth saving here. They seem way too dangerous for that. And he is like, you know, that's not really an option until it's the only option. I kind of, you know, I, I, I appreciated that from him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think the episode overall is very good from a performance standpoint. It is maybe the first time that I have that since we started watching these and I've actually, you know, uh, truth be told, I've actually watched more episodes because uh, I watched it originally once all the way through, but I haven't seen it uh, since then because um, I always just, like start and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> it's just that first season <laughs> is such a time. I guess maybe I shouldn't start at the first season. That's the first season. That's really my uh, on me. But um, uh, but I definitely when I saw this, I was like, OK, all right, you've got my interest. I don't like what this means for the overall canon, but I think this is an extremely strong episode for the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Well, there you go. The first time that we've actually <laughs> we've had a great time watching this, aside from well, like a fairly big issue, uh, in general, I had a really great time watching this one. Yeah, that's not, I, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't roll myself out of the room so much. Okay. Week. Yeah. Hey, that's a that's a big. I think for Enterprise, that's a big, um, that's a big move forward. Again, sandwiched in between just a very, at least to be a very regrettable theme song, and then an end credit song that's somehow worse <laughs> with just the instrumental version is cornier somehow. Yeah, because you know what it's based off of. You're yeah. just like, oh, it's based off of that crap. Ugh. You know, like when you listen to this and you're like, oh my God. But then all of a sudden you listen to Lower Decks theme song and I'm like, they get it. This is a perfect, perfect Star Trek song. Why can't you? Why couldn't you do this? Why couldn't you follow suit? Why do you try to be so different? Very few, although very few of the new Treks have have done what I would say is a, a theme song that I'm really uh, excited about i love discovery like i've said before don't really love the theme song loved picard did not really love the theme song of that except for the final season when they finally got it yeah, but lower it decks out. and strange new worlds uh have just absolute they're the theme songs i do not skip and that says a lot i think yeah i i, I mean i do now just to get to the get get to the meat but um yeah i agree with that assessment Discovery, Picard feel too much like they're trying to be like pushing daisies or six feet under for me. So yeah, I'm just like a little eh. too prestige television y. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. But lower decks, I was just like, wow, this is a really cool just Star Trek theme music. And yeah, Strange New Worlds is great, especially when they at the end when they end with a the little theremin at the you know, like that little yeah. callback. I really enjoy that. And then, you know, like when this came on and watching the the thing until in and then it was like oh here's the the uh here's the fucking theme song i was like skip like it the box barely materialized in the corner of my screen yeah i mean i honestly i wish a, there was a setting where i could choose which shows i watch and which ones i don't i definitely check off both of them <laughs> like nope don't ever show me this again. It is really bad, but the episode itself is, I think, a, yeah, a solid episode. 
had a, you know, a little bit of everything that you could look for, a little bit of action, great character work. I forgot to mention, this is a weird aside. You know, when I was talking about doing the whole um, uh, auction thing? Uh-huh. Uh, fucking flocks. John Billingsley was the one who was hosting the auction. Wow, that now that's that kind of memory is something you can't put a price on. Yeah, I forget. I, I was sitting there going like, I remember someone was there, and I was talking to my buddy about it. He's like, Oh yeah, Flox was the one doing it. I was like, Oh, maybe that's why I was so enthused over buying uh, <laughs> commemorative plates. <laughs> Can I hear one hundred dollars? Sorry, that's my <laughs> that's my hologram doctor impression. I was trying to do the wrong doctor, wrong doctor. Wrong doctor, wrong doctor. Yeah, it's me, the doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Super fun episode. Could see why this is one of the top. Um, uh, I hate to say it, or maybe I don't. If you like Enterprise, but I'm actually looking forward to the next time we get together to talk about one of these Enterprise episodes. If they gets, if it's, if this is an indicator of quality going forward, then I think we got a lot to look forward to and maybe i won't skip over so many <laughs> that have been recommended to me uh in that first season i was like nah nah no nah, no nah. we'll just pick one no oh, i think that we'll was the, the one i think that was the right call i think that was the right call i think it was the right call for my sanity yeah. listen i don't like enterprise all that much and i'm sorry and a lot of it has not to do with the actors or the or even the story or the premise or anything like that it's just that these characters make the great on me it's like nails on a chalkboard sometimes in the show, but uh, not this episode. It was good. There you go. It was good. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. It was good. Um, and I hope that you thought the same thing about this episode because we're sad to say, but it's at an end. Um, so now to everyone's favorite part that everyone for sure listens to. Uh, that's right. It's the outro, so let's start off by giving it an, an effusive thanks to Burton M6 for the incredible new theme at the start of the show. Uh, talk about, I mean, uh, the, if the kids are saying things are a bop these days, that's one. I'm going to listen to it on my free time, not even when I'm recording. That's how much I like it. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it, to be honest. It's very good. It's extremely good. Uh, everyone involved in the creation of that song deserves a huge high five because it rules. And if you want to get in touch with Burton M6 and make, uh, have him make an incredible song for you, you can do that. The link's right in our description. What are you waiting for? Check it out. Um, and of course, though that's not the only person that you can get in touch with by using the links supplied within our show notes and description. No, you can also get in touch with us. We've got social media, we've got email, and most importantly, we have the Discord. Come on down, join the Discord. It's growing, you know, slowly but surely, and it's a fun place to hang out and talk about mostly lately about your impressions of the latest Ahsoka episodes. Uh, you know, we'll be coming back at the very end of the series of Ahsoka to talk about it. Uh, but until then, the only way you can find out what we think about every single episode is to log on to the Discord. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about it. Because people want to talk about it. It's on everyone's lips. 
Everyone's talking about Ahsoka. I get it. Um, but you won't know unless you join the Discord. So check it out. Anyway, as we like to say at the end of every show, we hope that wherever you are out there, however you choose to listen to us, that you are feeling happy and that you are feeling healthy. And if you're not, that's totally okay. But let me throw it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks, only you can prevent being ass-eliminated. Tuning in, cause you part of the crew. Every episode, giving you something new. Jake, go, let's go. I be yelling, yes, sir. Feeling like a captain. That's Picard and Kurt. Star Trek, saga, saga. Come on. Woo! This is Star Trek, saga, saga. Let's go. Let's go.